What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Sooners and NFL podcast, the week uh, 11 episode where we talk about all the performances for every single uh, former Sooner in the National Football League. Uh, let's get right into it with our dynamic player of the week. First, uh, we have two guys today. First, let's talk about uh, Mark Andrews for uh, the first time in a quite a bit of time. Uh, actually had um, a pretty good game uh, last Saturday for uh, the Ravens against the Titans, albeit they did um, lose the game. But Mark Andrews did 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 do good. Uh, one of the true breakout guys of this week. He had five catches for 96 yards and one touchdown catch. Of course, has been our our, our letdown player of the week uh, for a few episodes. And nice to see him back um, in on on the strong side of the of the player of the week uh, section. So that's going for Mark Andrews, five catches, 96 receiving yards and a touchdown. Albeit the Ravens uh, did lose. Uh, his teammate is uh, coming up shortly. We'll talk about him later, but first let's go to our other dynamic player of the week. And we're going to go to Pierce for that. Yeah. The dynamic player of the week is going to be CD lamb. CD lamb on paper. If you look at his stats, they aren't too great. Uh, you know, he had four receptions for 34 yards and a touchdown. Um, but the touchdown was arguably one of the best catches of the year. Amazing. I mean, yeah. it was, he, I don't understand how it happened. I mean, he was like looking over his left shoulder and the ball was thrown back shoulder across his right and he had to pirouette around and he, he was basically yeah, he was basically parallel from the ground at one point, barely catch it. I mean, it was it's it, you know, it's going to be up there for one of the best catches of the year by far. Um he's really turning into, you know, one of those guys that the Cowboys can trust at this point. I think earlier in the year we talked about if he's going to pass Michael Gallup on that wide receiver list and I think he already has. Um, and it's pretty obvious. He might even be number one now with a new quarterback in the system. Uh, you know, you really get to see C.D. Lamb uh, progress really well this year, and I'm excited to see how he keeps being. For real. He has done really great this year, a, a real playmaker for the Dallas Cowboys. I think he has 48-something receptions so far in the season, which is the most for any uh, Dallas Cowboys uh, rookie. So just a little interesting stat. And of course, Mark Andrews, of course, turning into the into the dynamic tight end. We, we all know that he can be Jason Batacchio, Pierce Lofelhose, and Tyler Sanbo. Um, I'm Nick Coppola. We are your hosts for today. Forgot to introduce ourselves. Um, but let's go to our uh, our letdown uh, player of the week now. We're going to go to uh, Tyler for that. Yeah, uh, it's a guy who's usually on this letdown list as of recently, and that is uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown himself. The man had zero catches this week against the Tennessee Titans on three targets, had one pretty big drop in the game that was a pretty easy catch. He just dropped it. And it's, it's just becoming – every week now where Marquise Brown just isn't showing up and he's caught a really hard matchup on Thursday night against the undefeated Steelers again. And last time he had one catch in that game. So we'll see if he can do anything this week. Yeah, put up an entire donut in the stat sheet in that loss. Um, probably one of the main reasons that they, that they did lose just was not getting uh, that involved um, in the game. Marquise Brown got to step it up, especially with the big uh, game 
this Thanksgiving against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, more on that later on in the podcast. Uh, let's go to uh, Jason now uh, for the news this week because we have a couple injuries to talk about. All right, for our news this week, we have two guys that have been off and on um, the injury report for quite some time. First, we have Joe Mixon. Um, he has a foot injury. He's on short-term IR. Um, the Bengals expect him to be back within three to four weeks. Um, they really want to get him back to 100% just to make sure that he's healthy. Obviously, dealing with the injury with Joe Burrow, um, they're just being cautious with everything. Um, but expect to see him back in three weeks or maybe even longer. Um, foot injuries can be tricky sometimes. And then Lane Johnson uh, back on the injury report once again, um, this time with a shoulder injury. Um, he was questionable to return in the Eagles game. Um, there's not much on his status right now, but, yeah, that is the injury news for this week. Yeah, Lane Johnson has been struggling with uh, many injuries uh, so, so far this year. I think it's a new one with his shoulder. Uh, he left that game in the second half. Uh, did not return uh, against Baker Mayfield and the uh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, speaking of Baker Mayfield, uh, let's go into our quarterback talk now. Uh, Baker Mayfield coming off a game against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, another game where there was not the best weather uh, in Cleveland and uh, the Browns offense. Uh, did better than it did last week, but still kind of sort of obviously due to the uh, weather. They uh, struggled out a 22-17 to win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Baker Mayfield, uh, no. No touchdowns thrown for the second three week, but he did serviceable uh, with 12 completions on 22 attempts uh, for 204 uh, yards. He also had six carries for nine yards. Um, so what, what do y'all think? The Browns are seven and three. And right now at the season end of the day, they would be in the wild card for the first time in many, many years. I think at least 15 years was the last time that the Browns were in the playoffs. Can Baker secure a playoff spot for Cleveland? I think at this point, it you know it's it sucks that he's in one of the best uh, you know divisions in the, in the NFL right now. Um, on any other circumstance, I would say yes. But in the situation that they're in right now, it's you know they're kind of they're gonna have to settle with a wild card spot. And you know there's a lot of other good teams out there. I think they will be able to. Um, I think it doesn't come down to Baker Mayfield though. Um, Baker Mayfield, we talked about him at the beginning of the season. We had, we asked him to fill the role that he needs to fill, and he's done that. I mean, he's getting wins right now. He's not doing anything too big, um, but he's getting the job done. I mean, this last game, he doesn't have any touchdowns, but he did have two really deep balls that set him up for uh, field goals later on in the drive. Um, I think he, he, I think they will make the playoffs, um, but I think this is less on Baker Mayfield as much as it is on uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Right, and I, I think that they, that, that they will make the playoffs. Uh, the last time that the Cleveland Browns uh, did make the playoffs was uh, 2002, which is coincidentally the only time the Browns have made the playoffs ever since they came back to the league in 1999. Uh, but it will be tough, especially since the AFC is pretty deep this year, especially since the AFC North is pretty deep. Obviously, they got the Ravens trail behind them. They have teams like the Colts, Titans, uh, Raiders, Patriots and Broncos even maybe fighting for playoff spots and I, I, I do think it'll, it'll be tough and normally I'm the one to bash Baker Mayfield on this podcast but uh, I actually thought he played a, a decent game considering uh, the weather he faced it was obviously not the best it was raining in Cleveland it was very windy and I think he did a uh, did a good job obviously he didn't throw any touchdowns but you really don't need to when the, the weather is uh, like that he had 204 passing yards um, com- completed more than half his passes I feel like that's serviceable for what the Browns require out of Baker Mayfield and um, I think looking at their schedule they play the Jaguars uh, next week and then they have a ga- games against Titans 
against the Titans and the Ravens, two teams that uh, will definitely be there uh, come playoff time. Ravens, Ravens will definitely be up there in the playoff line. Titans will definitely make, make the playoffs. But I think this these uh, next couple of games, um, or these next few games, I think is just going to be like a true like testament to how Baker is going to do potentially um, if the Browns do make the playoffs. So I think those are some real calling times time for him, especially since it's towards uh, the end of the season and the Browns for the first time in, in a long, long time are in the thick of the playoff race. And so I do feel like Baker maybe has to do just a little bit more than what he's doing, but I feel like he is being serviceable right now considering uh, the absence of OBJ and David Njoku. I feel like he has done pretty good. Yep. Yeah, I think the stat I saw uh, during the game was that teams that go 7-3 and three have a 73% chance to make the playoffs, which the Browns are now moving into second place in that AFC North. They're, I'm not going to say locked, but they're in a really good position to finally make the playoffs, especially with the expanded wild card with three teams this year. They've yep. got a real shot to actually make it, and Baker Mayfield has done what he needs to do with this team, and they need to lead through their defense and through their running backs, and that's exactly what they've been doing lately, and it's working. They're getting wins when they need to, and it's probably going to lead them to the playoffs for the first time since 02. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that Baker Mayfield can take them to the playoffs. Um, the Cleveland Browns have one of the best rushing offenses in the entire NFL. Um, they're winning games with Baker doing the bare minimum. Uh, like you said, no touchdowns in the past two weeks. You know, he's making the throws that he needs to make on third down. Um, and obviously with the upcoming schedule, they have some tough games, but even looking at the schedule, they face the Giants, the Jets, and the Jaguars three times, and then the other three games on that schedule are against playoff teams. If they can go four and two and, you know, or three and three, um, depending on which teams they beat, um, you know, the Browns end up at 11 and five or 10 and six. I think that that secures them in a spot um, to make the playoffs. Um, obviously, we would like to see Baker step up a little bit more. I mean, you know, zero touchdowns. Uh, I mean, notably, the weather was kind of um, awful this game and then the game before that. But, um, uh, you know, before that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think that, you know, he's he's doing what he needs to do. Um, like we've basically chimed all season. Um, obviously I think the Browns, as they go into the playoffs, they're going to expect Baker to do more. Um, but right now the Browns defense is showing out, um, especially with their outing against the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe that's just Carson Wentz. Um, the Browns running backs are, you know, uh, one of the best tandems, if not the best tandem in the league, Baker doesn't have to do much. Um, so if they just continue that, um, I think Baker has a clear shot to make the playoffs, honestly. Yeah, well, time time will tell whether he makes plus. We will see that if he can do it later on in the season. Let's move on to the other OU quarterback now, uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, we should probably should talk about him, about him first since he played Thursday, but we're going to talk about him now. Uh, coming off a twenty-eight to twenty-one loss on the road against the Seahawks, in which he threw two touchdowns on twenty-six-nine passing yards and twenty-nine completions out of forty-two attempts. He also uh, did not have the best game uh, running the ball, uh, only fifteen yards on uh, five carries. Uh, the Cardinals, I think, are not in first place in the in the. NFL. West where they're actually um, third uh, in the NFC West after the Rams won over the Bucks uh, um, last night, I think, over the, over the Buccaneers at a six and four record behind two teams that are seven and three. Can Kyler Murray bounce back? And do you think that he can uh, make the playoffs just like Baker? Um, I think that Kyler Murray, like, like I said a couple weeks ago, he doesn't really have to do much more. Um, like we saw against the Bills, it's it's really just Kyler willing the Cardinals at some points um, this season into wins. 
Um, you know, 269 yards, two touchdowns, and 102.2 passer rating on 60 on a 69% completion rating. I mean, what else can he do? Um, I think that the situation is less how can Kyler improve because these are some, you know, really good numbers from a quarterback. Obviously, he didn't have as well as a game, uh, you know, rushing the ball. Um, but I feel like from a quarterback, we don't really expect that to expect that from Kyler is kind of um, ill-advised. Um, I think that if he just continues to make the right throws and will the Cardinals into will, winning, um, which is kind of hard to do every single week. Um, we've seen that, you know, offenses that rely on their quarterback um, game in and game out to make, you know, all the big time throws usually don't have that much success. Um, but I, I don't think it's, it's a thing that he needs to improve in. I think it's more of the Cardinals just need to step up around him. Yeah. I think that this Kyler Murray season is coming down to kind of what we talked about with Baker Mayfield at the beginning of the year. You look at his stats. I mean, you know, 21 to 28, like, no, no, 21 to 29 to 42, 269 yards with two touchdowns. That's very solid. Like that is a good game from a quarterback. But the fact that they're still not being able to win that game shows that, you know, it's not on Kyler anymore. Yeah. And Kyler needs to recognize that and understand that he needs to put the ball in other people's hands. Yep. Uh, specifically, I believe Kenyon Drake mm-hmm. um, to, uh, you know, win these games. And that is not on Kyler Murray. I feel like I think this is more of a coaching thing right now. I think Kyler, it's not on Kyler to will this team to any more wins now. He can lead the team as much as he wants. But, you know, when you're putting up these kind of stats, you're not able to win. There's not really much you can do. Yeah. And, and another thing to note is like, um, I've, I've kind of mentioned back in the previous podcast that the Cardinals running backs aren't doing much for Kyler Murray. Um, just notably in this recent game, Kenyon Drake had 11 attempts for 2.6 average uh, yard per carry. Um, that, that's not good. That's not good. Um, his average for the season is 4.4 yards per carry. It's not bad. Um, but when, when you have a running back that's inconsistent week in and week out and you don't really know what to expect from him, um, it, it makes, like I said, it makes the offense one-dimensional and it just makes things harder um, for Kyler Murray. You know, um, Obviously, like Pierce said, I think that he could you know, maybe find Christian Kirk um, more, um, you know, maybe get Chase Edmonds more involved in the passing game because Chase Edmonds is a, you know, a dual-threat running back. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely agree with what Pierce is saying. Yeah, I think uh, if you look at the NFC, Kyler did everything he can in this game for the most part. I mean, they were 30 yards away from tying this game and going to overtime. So they had a chance for sure um, to win this game and just like anything. He was playing a good team in Seattle whose defense finally showed up for the first time in a long time this year. Um, And they're playing in the NFC. They play in – there's a division in the NFC which is not even going to be in the discussion for the wild card. So it really comes down to they're already in the playoffs. It's yeah. They're competing with the Texans, the Jaguars, and the 49ers for a playoff spot. The Cardinals will beat out those three – or not the Texans and the Jaguars. It's going to be the <laughs> wrong division. Wrong division. <laughs> I said the <laughs> NFC South. Okay, Falcons and Panthers. No, no, it's the NFC West. It's the Seahawks, the 49ers. Yeah, and the yeah they got the Rams, the 49ers, and then you have the Buccaneers, <laughs> the Panthers, and the uh. – Falcons. He's facing yeah. up against teams like the Bears, 49ers, Vikings, Bucks for playoffs right yeah. now. Yeah. And most of those teams aren't going to come close to what the Cardinals can do. And mm-hmm. they have more offensive talent 
than almost 90% of those teams down there. And I feel like they will get in that playoff spot pretty easily yeah. when it's all said and done. Yeah. Another pop podcast blooper. You, yes. love you, you, you love to see. Everyone has, everyone's had at least one so far this season, but uh, yeah, we, we, all, we, all move on. We, all, we all make mistakes, don't we? Um, so, yeah. so that's enough uh, quarterback talk uh, for the day. Two OU uh, quarterbacks fighting for playoff spots, spots for their respective teams. Let's move on to a CD Lamb uh, wide receiver for the Cowboys. Of course, he was one of our dynamic players of the week, made that amazing touchdown catch against the Minnesota Vikings. I don't even have to say uh, much more. I'm just going to ask you guys this. He's facing some steep competition this year but do you guys think he can win offensive rookie of the year this season um I think it's I think it's maybe down to him and Justin Herbert um there's not been really any other rookie that's stood out like uh like C.D. Lamb or Justin Herbert um I definitely think that Herbert has the edge by you know by a pretty wide margin um if C.D. could continue his you know uh, amazing pirouette catches um, with a little bit more production, I think that he could maybe inch a little bit of that margin that Herbert has on him currently. Um, I think that he could win it, but I don't think that he should be the favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think he's certainly in contention, and I feel like he's a big part of the Cowboys' offensive production right now because the Cowboys, with the win over the Vikings, they're right back in the in the playoff fund. They're right in the Granted, the NFC East is terrible, but they're still right back in the playoff runs <laughs> at three and seven. Um, and I feel like C.D. Lamb is a big part of that. Obviously, he he won't li- really lie up the stat sheets, so so to say. I mean, four catches, thirty six yards isn't really mind blowing when you first look at it, but the catches that he makes are very important catches. He exactly. seems to make catches at the right place and at the right time the catches that he makes usually are crucial to the drives for, for the Cowboys. Of course, uh, on the on the touchdown drive. The, the first touchdown drive in the first quarter, Seed Lamb had a catch that uh, put him in the red zone and had a little bit of yak after that. And then, of course, he had the, the catch that we all that we all know and that we all saw when he had to contort his entire body and rotate it to make that catch. We all, we, we all saw. We all know what we're talking about. But I do feel like uh, preference will go to a quarterback. So Justin Herbert, I think, would be the, in the lead right now. But I do think Seed Lamb, Justin Jefferson, I do feel like they're right there um, – in the running. And I do feel like C. Lamb is a second favorite right now, but I feel like he will have to do a lot to beat out a quarterback. I feel like Justin Jefferson, C. Lamb, and I think you guys are also kind of forgetting about Chase Claypool. Um, you know, he had, a, he had a slow start to the beginning of the year, but that's just because, like, they weren't involving him in the offense. And then, you know, once they kind of accepted him as a piece of that puzzle, I mean, he's having a, a fantastic year ever since that. Um, I don't think Chase, Chase Claypool deserves to win it, but uh, to, to rule him out is uh, – is a little a little unfair to him. Um, I do I agree with Jason. Uh, I think it's uh, Justin Herbert is should be a favorite right now, especially because you know he is a quarterback. Um, and you know it is kind of funny how all that works. You know I mean like starting quarterback accidentally gets injured by your uh, your own training staff, and then you have to hop in there. And you know ended up working out. It's good to see. But uh, yeah, I would agree with Jason that you know Justin Herbert's probably the favorite um, with CD Justin Jefferson and Chase Claypool close behind um CD i don't think sure. cd's gonna win it though i i don't think he's gonna win it um he just doesn't have quite the stats you know to back it up um i'm not saying he's playing bad by any means but it's like in his last game he only had four catches right you have for, to, for for a receiver to breed out a quarterback like that you're gonna have to have pretty insane stats yep. i mean he he had in the past three games he's had four receptions um and he put up a donut against the Washington football team. Yep. Um, so, you know, you look at you look at 
games like that, and you can't really give that offensive rookie of the year to that guy. guy. But yeah. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. It's just, you know, you got a lot of good guys to pick from this year. I'd say he's second or third in the race right now. He's not going to win yeah, it. Yeah, I think CD's having a great year, but uh, I two more names you can throw up there too is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and James Robinson from the Jaguars. And Brandon Ayuk. And- Oh, come on. No. Come on. What no. <laughs> you 49er fan. You can leave. You can leave. Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think it's Justin Herbert. Joe Burrow was up there, but with the new torn ACL, he's going to drop out of that ranking pretty fast. But the way Justin Herbert's playing right now, I don't think anyone's going to take it from him. And it's it's hard to beat out a quarterback, especially when CD's not – I mean, he has the most catches, but he's not looked at as the number one receiver in Dallas. It's more Amari Cooper, and it's hard to beat out a quarterback who's getting all the things. The yeah. He, he is in contention, contention, though, and the question is there whether he should win a rookie deal. I don't think he will. Uh, I think it goes to Herbert probably if I were to give it out today, but definitely in a contention. Let's go back to quarterback talk. Let's go to an OU quarterback that isn't playing right now, but maybe should. Of course, uh, we talked about the Eagles and their loss uh, to the Browns. Carson Wentz uh, did not uh, look good, had some throws that were questionable. Uh was maybe a part of the reason why they kept kept it close, but overall he's been bad uh, all season, especially in this game. Jalen Hurts is the backup, guys, former Sooner. Uh, do you guys think that it is time to start Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia? No. 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 You don't think so? No. Explain <laughs> yourself. Um. Okay, so if we look at the Eagles' upcoming schedule, right – they face a Seattle defense on primetime television, um, a Seattle defense that's been noteworthily improved. They face a Packers team that's going to outscore this Eagles offense. Um, they face a Saints team that's uh, vying for a playoff spot. They face the Cardinals team, and then they have two divisional games that are probably going to come down to um, whoever wins this division, which is, you know, um, kind of – true because the NFC West or NFC East sucks. Um, I just don't think that it would be smart to throw a rookie quarterback into a slew of these next six games. Um, I, I don't think that he's prepared for the pressure. I don't think that – I think that if if the Eagles want to have a future with Jalen Hurts, potentially as their you know future quarterback or as a stopgap quarterback for another potential future quarterback, I think destroying his confidence against – these next six teams would just be terrible for his career. And I, I, as you know, an OU supporter, um, I would, I don't want to see Jalen hurts uh, have his career go down a path like that. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, maybe he comes out, wins a few of these games and, you know, uh, has an amazing, you know, um, stretch of six games where he wows the world, but I just don't think that that happens. Uh, And, yeah, that's just my reasoning for it. Honestly. Here's why I think that they should at least consider it. Uh, if you're the Eagles right now, you're 3-6-1. and one. You are leading a division, yes, but it's the worst division in football by far. Yeah. You look at Carson Wentz's stats, he has as many interceptions as he does touchdowns. He's, his completion percentage is only 58.4. 
you look at the throws that Carson Wentz has made, they are very questionable. They are off target. They are inaccurate. He is just not making the correct decisions all the time. And he's part of the reason why the Eagles have, have lost uh, so, some games. Of course, they lost to the Giants probably because of Carson Wentz. They lost to the Browns probably because of, of Wentz against the Ravens. They probably choked it because of, because, because of Carson Wentz. I feel like Jalen Hurts would add a bit of a dynamic, especially since he can run around a bit more. They're using him. They're already using him in like read option plays and situations where the quarterback does need to run. And I feel like if you do add him in, you can have the same kind of effect that the Ravens had when they put Lamar Jackson in, in, ahead of, of Joe Flacco, where you can open up the playbook a lot more and make defenses worry about the quarterback uh, running. And while Carson Wentz can run, he doesn't – he's not really known for his running ability as guys like Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson and other guys. Um, and I feel like Jalen Hurts would definitely add something um, to that because I feel like he's got like a Cam Newton-style build where he can run and be physical at the same time. Um, I feel like he would add that effect. Should he start now? I don't think so. I feel like the Eagles, again, are leading the division, so they're doing some things right. But I do feel like that the Eagles should sit down and be like, hey, should we actually consider this as a real possibility? I don't think they should just throw it out as something that, should, that can never happen. If you – watch Carson Wentz right now not only does he look bad he doesn't look like he's played in the league before he looks uncomfortable in the pocket he's not comfortable making these throws and they're not even close he's not spreading the ball out like comfortably he's not he does not look good why not give Jalen Hurts the chance why not one thing we also have to note the Eagles offensive line has been awful all year and, and that's been part of the reason why Carson Wentz hasn't been successful because, like you said, he's not comfortable in the pocket. I mean, I feel like – So why not – Why not you, put a more mobile a guy, I feel like I mean, if you pay a guy $30 million a year, you would expect him to rise above that a little bit. But Jalen Hurts struggled to make throws at OU. What makes you think that he's going to just magically be Jalen able to – He could run better off. than Carson Wentz. That's true. And I'm not saying he's he won't run better than Carson Wentz, but he, he's got to make throws also, against these next also, four teams. You saying that he struggled to make passes. He put up Heisman level numbers. He wins a Heisman any year but, that Joe Burrow is in there. But nobody's going to deny that Jalen Hurts could not make a pass over the middle last season. I mean, if you watched, I you, would deny that. I, would I think deny the only that. problem that Jalen Hurts had last year was his fumbling. His fumbling, yes. his decision making, and he couldn't make a pass over the middle. Decision making. Jalen Hurts had did phenomenal. Without Jalen Hurts, OU does not come back against Baylor. I'm, but they also got into a hole last year because of Jalen Hurts. Did he? You sure about that? I mean, OU almost lost against Iowa State last year because Hurts had so many turnovers. And the Eagles are about to fall out of the playoff spot in the worst division in football because of Carson Wentz. Dude. They took Jalen in the second round. You have to give him at least a shot when your quarterback's not even playing at an NFL caliber level right now. The Philadelphia Eagles offense is like a car without gasoline right now. Carson Wentz is a bum, and we need to switch him out for somebody else. Jalen Hurts is a different style quarterback. He could change the offense, change something, because it's obviously not working. I'm not saying it's going to work, but, I mean, 
what what do they have to lose? Carson exactly. Wentz, in my opinion, here I just came up with something. Carson Wentz is like your alignment, like on a car. Sure, you can kind of drive it around. You can still kind of drive the car just a little bit. But if the alignment's a little off, you're gonna swerve. You're gonna go a little bit left. You're gonna go a little bit right. You gotta kind of hold the wheel a little bit at a tilt. And I feel like that's where the Eagles are at right now. They're just doing the bare minimum to stay ahead. And I feel like. With and I feel like if they bring that car into the shop and they fix that alignment with Jalen Hurts, that they could get right back on track, for sure. Yeah, I, I I think it should happen, but I don't think Doug Peterson will because he won't even let Jalen Hurts throw off read options. He's just having him run down the middle. He's having him run them, yeah. It's it, he, he he. I don't even think Jalen Hurts thrown a pass this year with. He hasn't. I don't think but, yet. But my question is for you: what what would it be worth for Hurts to start these next six games? Uh, you know, playoff-oriented games that are going to be high stakes. And what if he goes out and just shatters his confidence for the rest of his career? That means that they need to see if they have a quarterback because they could have a second round. Why would they not just keep him developing behind the bench? Like, what development is he doing behind Carson Wentz, one of the worst starters in the league? They they need to move on from Carson Wentz, okay? They have a second-round quarterback in the back right now. If Jalen Hurts can't lead them to the playoffs in that – terrible division they can go take someone else i mean but what do you think what are like what do you think the eagles are more worried about winning the nfc east and making the playoffs where they're probably just going to lose in the first round or do you think that they're more worried about their future and if jalen hurts if if that coaching staff and gm believes that jalen hurts i would worry i would think they're worried about both with carson they're worried about their future with carson wins as their quarterback that's why they yeah. took jalen hurts in the it's second exactly round. what doug peterson said today somebody asked him this question he said he will not bench wins because he doesn't want to destroy his confidence He's not going to bench Wentz because he feels like it's going to destroy his confidence and he wants Wentz as his quarterback. So Hertz isn't going to start, but he should be. Well, <laughs> this debate has been fun, but we, <laughs> we have to move on to something. Really quickly, we can talk about Marquise Brown. Um, of course, uh, letdown player of the week. Put up a giant donut in the stat sheet. Um, he's been letdown player, player of the week, episode after episode. Uh, has not gotten it going. Had a great start of the season. Hasn't been doing good. What's up with Marquise Brown, guys? What do y'all think he can do to turn around? He's finally a number one receiver, and he's got number one corners on him, and it's yep. showing that he's not a number one receiver in this. Yeah, league. he's not. <laughs> I, I disagree. The the I, I where... think I think like Tyler said, Marquise Brown is proving to us that he's more of a number two, maybe a slot guy. I mean, um, he's he's undersized. Um, all he really brings to the field is speed. Um, he's a great route runner, but um, when the Ravens have relied on him as a number one target, he just hasn't delivered. Pierce, I saw you shaking your head. <laughs> okay. You... Yeah, okay. Here's, here's, okay. I'm not going to say it's directly correlated, but if you look at Lamar Jackson's stats from last year compared to this year, Lamar Jackson is playing Awful compared to last year. Right last year, it's not even in the discussion. This year, that's that's a given. The Ravens' offense has a massive decline all Hold around. On, yes. the same reason Mark Andrews has struggled. Right. Right. So what I'm saying is, how are you going to expect a receiver who is already upset with obviously the the system that he's in after he made that tweet we talked about uh, last episode or episode mm-hmm. before that? Yeah. Where he's obviously upset with the system. How do you expect him to thrive like that with a quarterback who's struggling this year in an offense that he doesn't like the way the fit? And he's obviously the only counter I have to it is Des Bryant didn't play a game in two years and comes in and gets four catches this week, and Marquise can't get one. That's a good point. And one of those those are also a drop. Yeah. And I feel like Marquise Brown, he had a good start of the season. 
Yeah. I mean, we, we he, I think he was our dynamic player of the weeks, weeks one so and two. And, and, and the one thing, the one thing, had a good start of the season. Yeah, but the one thing that we can look at when Marquise Brown has had success, it's when the Ravens are doing really well in play action. And and the play action is the only time that he's really been successful in this offense because defenses are looking straight at Lamar Jackson. And that allows Marquise to just break through because that's what the play action does. The Ravens aren't doing that this offseason. I mean, not this offseason, this season. And Marquise is just getting exposed. He's getting exposed because he can't break through the coverage without the play action is what I'm seeing at least. So would you argue that that's just a flaw in the system? I don't think it's If a it obviously system, worked last season, why are they taking it away right now? I, I think that Marquise Brown is reliant on the play action. And I think that without the play action, he can't get open. Um, he's not a reliable target. And that just – means he's not a number one receiver in this league number one receivers you know they can get open um you know they can beat corners you can rely on them to beat corners and they're a reliable target marquise brown just doesn't do that okay two two yeah. parts to that first of all who, who else would be the number one receiver on that team I mean, I'm not saying that he like. As Brian. <laughs> I, I'm not saying because Brian technically I'm, right now. Yeah, I think he's had the most catches lately. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm not saying that Marquise Brown sh- isn't the most talented and the best receiver on the Ravens' offense, but I guarantee you they're going to be looking for another receiver to be their number one option in the off season because Marquise Brown has proven that he can't do it. They're going to trust system that and obviously receiver week after week that he, that he's going to need to step up if no one else can be the number one receiver. If, if how are you going to how are you going to look me in the eyes and tell me that last year they had a system that worked with him and then they changed it and now it's not working? How are you going to look me in the eyes and tell me that's not the system's fault right if there? It's 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 not his fault obviously, but it's it's showing that he's not that good of a player. I mean, if a player has to rely on one variable within an offense then it just means he's not good. And once that variable gets exposed and he's not performing well, that just means that that player is not good. It's, uh, for example, it's like Jimmy Garoppolo this season. Um, the 49ers have had, you know, an inconsistent run game. The play action hasn't been working well for him. He got exposed. People can argue that it's an injury. Um, whether or not, uh, you know, uh, when one variable isn't working and that variable was, you know, an RPO um play action type thing that the Ravens ran last year because their run game was so potent Um, this year you know obviously Lamar Jackson isn't playing as well and you know Marquise Brown is getting exposed because he can't get open he's dropping balls and he's just not beating corners okay I'm gonna use my powers as the guy who's supposed to move things along to move (laughs) things along because we have to get into our player of the week in next week's preview but Marquise Brown, that's a contention issue. Obviously, we'll see if he can step it up in, in, in weeks in. But very quickly, guys, all I need is a name. Uh, who's y'all's uh, player of the week this week? Go, Jason. Oh, man. Honestly, I'm going Mark Andrews because um, he stepped up unlike Marquise Brown could. Um, he had a touchdown, uh, had a decent game, and really solidified himself back into the Ravens' offense. All right. Uh, Pierce? Baker Mayfield. He got the win. Nice. Baker Mayfield was the winner. Pretty good. Uh, Tyler, how about you? Go with CeeDee Lamb for the catch. Nice. I'm going to get – yes, I will go with CeeDee Lamb as well. His team got the win, and he was a very, very uh, big part of that. I'm going to go with CeeDee Lamb uh, as well. Let's go into uh, next week's preview. Uh, we're going to talk about some Thanksgiving games. Uh, we have Sooners playing in all three of them. Uh, and, of course, they're playing in front of a national audience, so we have to talk, we have to talk about uh, 
probably pretty much every single notable player. Uh, so let's talk about Adrian Peterson, the Lions. They take on the Texans in the first game of the Thanksgiving window. Um, how do you think he does, and do you think his team gets the win? Man, if Peterson can do like a third of what Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt did to the Texans, uh, they'll be good. The, yeah, I think that Peterson might have a decent game. I, I like, like I think a good game out of Adrian Peterson is like like maybe like ten carries, forty yards, and like a touchdown. <laughs> I'd be surprised if he gets thirty at this point. But yeah, but you know, um, I think that. The Texans' defense is awful, and, you know, if if DeAndre Swift and whoever the other running back – I always forget his name. Harry Johnson. Johnson aren't, you know, um, being consistent options. And, you know, maybe Adrian Peterson starts getting some handoffs, but I, I, I just don't see, you know, him having a, an amazing game. But, yeah. You think the Lions win? Uh, yeah. I think that the Lions are, um, you know, much more consistent than the Texans. The Texans are weird this year. Um, they have no options other than like Deshaun Watson. I think that the Lions win um, as well. Pearson Tyler, what about you? Very quickly. Go with the Lions. I don't think Peterson has a big game unless Swift is out again. I yeah. haven't heard news on his injury. I knew he was out last week, but we'll see if he's out this week. And I think it all depends on if Swift's injured, if Peterson goes off or not. Yeah, I completely agree with Tyler right there. I think I think the Lions have this one, and Peterson probably won't have a great game uh, if Swift isn't is is not injured. Moving on to the second game of the window, uh, the traditional Cowboys game. Uh, CeeDee Lamb and the Cowboys take on the Washington football team at home. Uh, do you think CeeDee Lamb uh, keeps it up? And do you think the Cowboys, uh, his Cowboys get the win? I think they do this week. Uh, coming off the big win last week against the Vikings, I think they can capitalize against a subpar Washington team. Alex Smith has played okay. He didn't play good this last week, but he's played okay since taking over for Kyle Allen. But – Dallas just looks like a better team with Andy Dalton right now, and they're probably going to win the division now. So the, let them give them this one. <laughs> Two, three, and seven teams battling after the division lead. That is astounding. Yes, the winner of this game but will lead the division. Will lead the division. Yeah, I do. I do think CeeDee has a, a pretty big part in the Cowboys' win this week. I feel like he'll have like maybe five, six catches for maybe 60, 70 ish yards. I feel like he'll have a touchdown too. I feel like he's becoming more, more a bigger part of the offense uh, every single week. And I feel like that'll continue this week. Uh, C. Lamb has a big game and the Cowboys get the win. I think that CD's going to have a mediocre game. CD put up a goose egg against the Washington football team last time he played them. Um, you know, it could have been a quarterback issue there. Um, I think he's going to have a mediocre game. By mediocre, I mean probably four catches again, uh, no touchdowns, and probably like 46 yards, something along those lines, which is not bad, especially for a rookie. You know, I'm not like – I mean, but I mean, it, I think his expectation needs to be a little higher than that. Um, I do think that the Cowboys are going to get the win, though. Uh, you know, after a big big week against the, the Vikings, I think the Cowboys really have a lot of momentum going for the rest of the season. Jason, I'm giving you like 20 seconds. Go. Uh, I think CD has a decent game. Maybe gets like 50 yards, five catches, and a touchdown, and then the Cowboys win. You think I was winning? Nice. You used like a fourth of those 20 seconds. Good job. <laughs> Final game of the Thanksgiving window, the primetime NBC game. Uh, Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews and the Ravens take on the Pittsburgh Steelers in their second matchup of the season. Uh, how do you think that both of them do? And do you think that the Ravens um, get the win? Um, I think Marquise Brown, uh, I'm going to go for a hot take answer on this, has another donut. Um, and Mark another Andrews, donut. I think that uh, he'll have a decent game. Um, but I, I expect – I honestly am expecting a Pittsburgh blowout. I, I honestly think that the Ravens mm-hmm. are 
Just I don't think the Steelers will blow them out, but I don't. I do think that the Steelers might get the win. I, uh, dude. Maybe it's it, it's 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 hard to tell. Both have very competitive teams and both have very competitive matchups. But I don't I don't think Brown I don't think Brown and Andrews blow up the stat sheets. I do think both maybe have maybe like two three catches for like twenty thirty ish yards. And <laughs> that's totally think who I think wins that game. But I don't think Brown and Andrews will do anything special. Yeah, I think that like um, this is one of those make or break games for the Ravens. Like they're on a, how long is their losing streak? I don't. I think they're on like a two three. Maybe one. Doesn't matter. Three. Yeah. Um, Three-game losing streak. Um, You know, this is the point of the season where they're either going to break it off and start winning games or they're just going to lose and they're going to start losing badly. Um, I think that their confidence is shattered, though, and I think the Steelers are just flying high every game that they've played this season. So, I don't know. I just expect the Steelers blow out. Tyler, you're the one that gets the 30 seconds this time. All right. So, this game is – questionable to play because of a whole bunch of quarantine cases from the Ravens. They, If they get like one more, this game's going to be canceled. I think the game does go on. They are missing Dobbins and Ingram. So I expect the passing game to do a little bit more. I've got the Ravens in an upset. Andrews to have a big game. Have an okay game. Nice. Jason's dog is going off. And that signals uh, that we have to move on to, to uh, some next games. Let's talk about the quarterbacks now. Uh, Baker Mayfield and, and the Browns travel to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Uh, how do you think Baker does? And do you think that they can um, – they can get the win and step up their playoff chase. Yeah, I think Baker and the Browns will handle the Jaguars pretty easily this week. Expect big games from Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And Baker probably will throw a touchdown this week, maybe two, based on how Big Ben just played against the Jaguars. So. I think Baker will have better in the box score this week, especially since it's against the Jaguars and the Jaguars you know, have the best defense in the league. Uh, I do think Baker throws at least one touchdown. He'll have like 250-ish uh, passing yards. I do think he has a good game, and I do think that the Browns get the win this week against a sorry, sorry Jaguars team. Yeah, the the Browns have started their tenth quarterback in like I don't know how many years. Um, Jake Luton. Jake I think Luton. Yeah. Jake Luton. My bad. Sorry. Um, I think that Baker, like Tyler says, maybe three, two touchdowns. Um, but I'm not guaranteeing that because, you know, honestly, this could be one of those games where Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt just dominate the offense because the Jaguars defense can't stop them. So um, either way, I think that the Browns win. Last preview of the week, we have to talk about Kyler Murray. He goes on the road, I think, to take on the New England Patriots in a across the conference matchup. Uh, how do you think Kyler Murray does? And do you think his Cardinals can bounce back and get a victory this week? Man, this is a tough one because um, – that the Patriots are so on and off this season. Like one one game they'll come out and look like, you know, that team could potentially be a contender and Cam Newton, you know, looks like a, a franchise quarterback. And then the next week they just look awful. Um, depending on which Patriots team that, you know, Kyler faces, um, I think, you know, if he faces the, the Patriots team that almost lost to the Jets and, um, you know, Cam Newton, you know, doesn't look serviceable at all. Um, It'll, you know, the Cardinals will win by a landslide. But um, if they get the Patriots that, you know, um, look like they're rolling, then, you know, it could be a tough game. And potentially, you know, Kyler might have to, uh, might have to uh, will them into a win. Yeah, I do think the Patriots, I think, step it up a a little bit. I do think they compete with the Cardinals this week. And and I do think Kyler Murray has a a good game, has at least three um, touchdowns uh, combined in the air and uh, on the ground. I do feel like he'll do a, a lot better um, running um, th- this week, but I do think that he'll find a bit of a challenge in the Patriots. Patriots only tend to do better at home. 
um, and especially against good teams, good teams uh, at home. And I do feel like Kyle Murray will. Uh, I feel like he'll have the same uh, solid game as he usually does. You know, he'll wide up the stats. Maybe he'll get like three hundred receiving yards. Maybe. 70-ish rushing yards. I do feel like he'll have a good game, and I do feel like the Cardinals bounce back and get the win this week. Cardinals in a close one. Um, Kyler to have probably two touchdowns, what I'm going to guess, and win by three. Nice. So we're all in consensus with the Cardinals winning that game, and that'll do it for this week's episode of the Sooners in NFL podcast. Uh, make sure to uh, give us good ratings on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts where you can listen to this. Uh, until next time, uh, alongside Jason, Tyler, and Pierce, I'm Nick Coppola signing off. See you later. Take care. Everyone have a happy Thanksgiving. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And a Merry Christmas. Just kidding. <laughs>